What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to What's the Word, the show that's about finding out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers, and also how social media played a role in their lives. My name is Shaval John, and thank you for joining me. I had the honor of interviewing Jen Herman, who is the founder of Jen's Trends, which is a blog which was recognized as the top 10 blog by Social Media Examiner in 2014, 2015, and 2016. Now, she's the author of, she's the author of, course, of three books, including Instagram for Business with Dummies. Now, you're going to hear uh, how she founded uh, her, her blog, Jen's Trends, and the state of the so-called uh, Facebook apocalypse which many have, have proclaimed to be happening right now. But before we get to this interview, I want to say that this episode is sponsored by Volado Media, which is a marketing agency that helps small to mid-sized businesses navigate social media. You can visit the website at www.volamedia.com. So without further ado, here is the interview with Jen Herman. I hope you guys have a great evening. And after this interview, you're going to hear a song by Erica Kane, a bright midnight call it there. Have a good evening, everyone, and we'll see y'all next week. Jen Herman, welcome to What's the Word. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm truly honored. Uh, I'm going to start out with an icebreaker question, and, and that question is uh, What's the first concert you have ever attended? Okay, concert. Um... That would be, okay, and I'm totally going to, like, I'm A, I'm dating myself, and B, I'm proving that I'm such a girl. Um, I went and saw NSYNC. <laughs> that, that was my first concert. Um, I, was in, I was living in Victoria, Canada. We took the ferry over to Vancouver. We did the whole, like, weekend, like, did the concert, me and my best friend. That, that was my first concert. It was awesome. Okay, and and think. Instinct. Wow. Yep. Not gonna lie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely remember those that time. Big yep. time. It yep. was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That kind of, I guess it kind of shows how um, how time has passed by quickly. <laughs> But, but yet yeah, the Backstreet Boys and all of them are doing like their reunion tours and they're all back on tours. So I feel like I'm justified in, in that statement because I'm like everyone's going to those con like like Backstreet Boys have like a whole thing like the whole tour going on right now and everything. So I'm like okay like I don't feel so bad. 
All right, so now uh, can you share about uh, Jen's Trends? Yeah, of course. So Jen's Trends, it is Jen with two N's because I was born in 1980 with about a bazillion other Jennifers. So I was always Jen with two N's since elementary school. Uh, so you can find me everywhere online pretty much as Jen's Trends. Just make sure you spell it with two N's and you'll find the right one. Um, my blog started out as a very kind of 101 introductory type content for understanding social media management, social media trends, things that were happening and, and changing in the industry. Um, and it's pretty much stayed the same for five years. It's kind of evolved a little bit. I do have a big focus on Instagram. I'm now the world's forefront blogger on Instagram marketing, um, which is what we're talking mostly about today. But my blog is focused to social media in general, and it is very 101. It is very intro level topics. I always say I'm proud when my readers graduate to more advanced blog content with other bloggers. Um, because mine is meant to be very kind of tutorial based and helpful for those people just getting started or who are learning a new platform and that sort of thing. That's awesome. So, so uh, what's really interesting too is that you actually hold a full time job too in the in the aeronautical and, and manufacturing space. That's really amazing. So how do you <laughs> how did how do you uh, find the balance to do those two? at the same time? I've been doing it for five years, so somehow I figured something out. Um, I've, yeah, so I actually work for an aerospace uh, maintenance company. Uh, we don't do actually any manufacturing at this point. We do all maintenance. Employees repair aircraft, or they train other um, employees how to maintain aircraft. Um, and in that position, I'm director of marketing and communications. So there is a tie-in. I do a lot of kind of similar capacity in terms of marketing, um, internal and external communications, and that sort of thing. Um, but it is one of those things I've really had to learn time management. I've really had to find my kind of happy place of balance. Um, fortunately, my job is very flexible. My boss is very understanding. So when I want to travel and speak and do things, they're very supportive of that, um, which has made, made the balance a lot easier for me. But it is a matter of like, I work all day. I get off at a decent time. I get off at 3.30 in the afternoon. So when I get home in the afternoon, I can take client calls or I can work on projects or, you know, things that I'm doing for clients whether it's working on their strategies or, or projects and things like that. So I do that kind of, you know, after work. And I'm a single mom. Um, so fortunately, my ex-husband is great. And he has her Sunday through Thursday and I have her Thursday through Sunday. So on the days when he has her, that's when I can do all my work for Jen's Trends. I do all my client calls and projects. Um, which means I'm not distracted by a child running around and, you know, wanting attention 24-7. And that way when I do have her, I give her my undivided attention. So I don't work on basically come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't work um, on Jen's Trends. I, I focus my time on her. And, it, you know, it's hard. Um, it makes it hard to schedule things. Sometimes I'm scheduling two or three months out on my calendar to schedule consultations with clients because it's, that's, I only have so many availabilities a week. But I've had to learn to manage that time and that expectation with my clients. And, you know, it's, it's something that evolves. It's constantly evolving. But right now I'm at a really good balance um, that makes everybody happy, and including me and my daughter. And that's awesome. So what led you to, to become a blogger then? Because I know, I know the medium was in it was kind of um, like, in, like in its infancy in, in some sense to where now it's becoming the norm. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, as you can tell by all the things I do, I'm not somebody who sits around idly. Um, so I was actually, it came to me on a whim, to be completely honest, at my, at my day job that I still have, we were trying to embrace social media. We were trying to embrace 
um, using Twitter, using Facebook, and, and using social media for some of the, the projects we had going on, and trying to get upper management to understand, to try to get a bunch of um, older retired military men to understand opening up the doors and having transparency was really hard. We went through a lot of challenges. Um, and in that process, I was like, hey, like we overcame these things and we found solutions and compromises. And I was like, you know, someone else could probably find some value in this. And I love to teach. I love to share with people. So I really started the blog as a very hobby based, you know, project for me. It wasn't, there was no strategy. There was no business. There was no goal of making money. I just started it as a way to kind of share what we were going through and, and the things that I was learning. And that's how it all started. Um, and it was, blogging was easy for me. I'm not a video person. I've gotten good at it in the sense that I don't mind being on camera. Um, I can talk to myself endlessly for an hour. That's totally fine with me. Um, but I'm not comfortable creating videos, editing videos, uploading videos. I can do it. I just, it's much more time consuming for me. Whereas for me to sit down and write a blog post, I can write a 1500 word blog in an hour and then do some quick edits and upload it. And in one night I've written the blog post. So it's not, to me, it was an easy working environment for me to do the blog rather than creating videos and having to schedule time when the lighting was right and there was no background noise and then deal with all the editing. And, and same thing goes for me with podcasting. Like I love doing these things where I come on as the guest and someone else does all the work because I, I hate doing the editing on it. <laughs> so. It was just one of those things that I fell into what worked for me, um, and that and that was blogging. And so it just kind of evolved. I was lucky to get around the right people and influential people who definitely helped me and uplifted me. And at that point, the blog got strategic, and I started putting a business strategy behind it and, and moving it forward. Um, but it was, like I said, like I said, it wasn't definitely it wasn't infancy for like for certain, but it was definitely not like what blogging is today. Um, and it was for me just that comfortable place to say, hey, this is my opinion. And, you know, and that was the one thing I have to say. I've always had an opinion from day one. If you read my blog, if you hear me on stage, I've got an opinion and I don't shy away from it. And that's honestly key, like having that capacity to, to not just regurgitate what everyone else is saying, to not just slide down the middle of the road and not have an opinion one way or the other. You need something to stand out. And I think that's part of the reason my blog grew successfully because I was very opinionated and I still am. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. I definitely agree with you on, on that there because especially now, you know, we, you know, this whole, um, I call it, I really call this really the most overrated, overblown crap I've ever heard. The Facebook algorithm change, people call it uh, Facebook Armageddon or and people is like running for the hills, and I think it's just ridiculous in 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 a lot of ways. So, so your I want to know your thoughts on all this Facebook algorithm change that people are so quote unquote afraid of. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> Here's the thing: I care because I I want to know what's happening. But the re and yes, there are some changes people need to make, and there are some you know acceptances you need to be aware of. Like you need to realize that your reach may go down. Like get over it. It's okay. It's happening to everybody. It stop freaking out about it because if you care that much about your Facebook reach, it means you're not caring about everything else that you should care about. Facebook should be one portion of what you care about. And if you care that much, then you're probably caring. You're caring too much about Facebook. Um, but it is one of those things where I'm like, they're not 
saying that your reach is going to drop. They're not saying that you are not going to get exposure. They're not saying you're not going to get engagement. They're saying you have to create content that's going to generate that kind of interaction. Um, and that interaction yeah. is based around conversations. They want people that are commenting and you're responding. They want content that is valuable, that not, that's not just shareable content, but that drives conversations. So the silly memes and the, the stupid questions and the, you know, post a photo of your dog in the comments below. Like, yeah, that generates comments, but it's, it's stupid. Like, no one cares. Like, sure, you want to show off your dog, but are you really looking at everyone else's pictures? No. Like, it's, it's an engagement bait that that page is using to get comments on a post, and Facebook is aware of that. And so they're trying to get things that get meaningful interaction, so a conversation back and forth, actual dialogue. And I think that's a good thing. It's called social media, meaning you're supposed to actually interact with people. It's customer service. It's personal conversations. It's adding to a conversation. It's helping somebody, answering a question, providing advice, insight. Like, that's a conversation. And so that's what people need to focus on. All the rest of it is, is still a matter of importance. But that is the key thing, and that really comes down to generating comments, and authentic comments is the direction people need to go. The full Facebook zero, no. The whole Facebook Armageddon, no. That is not the case at all. I agree with you on that. And it's and I could say this, too, with uh, YouTube, too, because they just, they just recently uh, put a requirement to monetization, and I saw, like, how some were complaining about it, but I was like, you know, what the heck? Why are you guys complaining? I mean... It's their it's their right to do that, and the fact of the matter is, it, the fact of the matter is they cannot put their stuff. You know, you can't just. It's like you can't really build your business on rented land, and that's what these platforms are really. Absolutely, they're rented land, and not only are they rented land, but like you said, they can do whatever they want with them. We're the guests in the house. Like, if they want to change the house rules, we don't have a say. I mean. They, they tried that every time somebody changes something, right? Like Facebook introduced the algorithm, everyone freaked out. Instagram introduced the algorithm, everybody freaked out. Snapchat came out and said they're, like, changing the whole user interface, everyone freaked out. And guess what? Every time there are literal petitions with tens of thousands of signatures of people begging them to change it back, and they never do because they don't really care what you want. They care what you want, but they also understand a business perspective. They understand that when you go from having 100,000 users to 100 million users, to a billion users, that things change. And you have to categorize your platform accordingly. And we, as marketers, as users, as people, have to adapt or move on. And if you care that much about those changes, then that means you've invested way too much time and energy into that one platform. Now, the whole YouTube thing, absolutely. If you're making money off of it and that impact, that change impacted you, I'm sorry. I can understand the frustration, but again, then you should be driving people to your website. You should be driving people somewhere else where you can get them to pay you money or use other affiliate processes to get affiliate revenue. Like if that's all you're relying on, that's your own fault. That's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. And what, uh, for you guys, I'll take it. And uh, for you guys, watching, <laughs> this is this Let's is live see? streaming. I'm in, I'm in a pro. I'm, just now, uh, I'm be I'm right behind the Starbucks for you guys that's listening to the show. I'm watching. I'm about to listen to the show, but I just got a Starbucks, and right behind me is a Starbucks. And so, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, bas but basically, um, but here's a here's a question because the fact that you know live stream is become is is kind of here to stay, 
what is what what do you think people or businesses or anyone should embrace live streaming? I think you should definitely embrace it. I mean, what we're doing right now is live stream. Um, and it, it drives a completely different engagement. When you look at the Facebook world, that's part of that meaningful interaction. I host my Instagram live every two weeks, um, every other Wednesday. And I do it on Instagram because that's where I get the engagement. I get the people that show up. They stay for as long as they possibly can, even if it's not the full hour that I'm usually on camera. But they'll come back and watch the replay if they can't watch the whole thing. But they have conversations. They're typing in the chat as the conversation goes on live. They're part of the conversation. It's not watching a video that was overly edited and proofed and, and perfected and then posted and everyone just kind of watches it and repeat. It, live generates conversation. Live is real life. Things fall off the walls. Doorbells ring. People bring you Starbucks in the middle of an interview. <laughs> but it's what makes it relatable, right? Like, that's, that's fun. Like, it takes the monotony out of a boring video and it makes it real life. It makes it something like you are sitting across from that person having a genuine conversation. And that's what people want on social nowadays. Like, we want interaction, not being talked to. We want to have that conversation. And live video does that. Whether you're doing it on YouTube, whether you're doing it on Facebook, whether you're doing it on Snapchat, whether you're doing it on Instagram, whatever it is you're using, having that live interaction where your audience is, is paramount to driving success for your brand and that transparency, that authenticity that everyone's been talking about for like ever. I mean, that's been the buzzword for at least three years now is that authenticity and transparency. <laughs> and nothing is more authentic than live video because people see how bad you stutter, trip over your words, make a fool of yourself, say the wrong things, look like an idiot. I mean, there is no, nothing more transparent than live video. <laughs> and, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of what Facebook wants too, in some ways, yes. you know, you know, really any platform, basically. Absolutely. And that's the thing. They want those interactions, that quote, meaningful interaction. But they do. Like, they want people to show up and, and be on the platform. And if you go live and you're live for 20 minutes and someone's watching you for 20 minutes, that means they just spent 20 minutes on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever it is. That's where you are. And that 20 minutes of undivided attention on one platform, that's really hard to get nowadays in a world where we have things bombarding us from all sides all the time. And we've got dings and messages and pop-ups and flares and everything's going on when we're on the computer or on our phone. So if you can watch something with undivided attention for even 20 minutes, that is hugely valuable from a business perspective for somebody like Facebook or Instagram or Periscope or YouTube or that sort of thing. All right. And I'm, I'm going to get back to this in a bit, but I want to talk about your book, well, your, third, your third book, what you uh, call uh, third call Instagram for Business for Dummies, which you yep. have it right Always in front of there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, can you share with us about about that book and really, you know, what like how did how did you get approached to uh, write co-author that book with you know with your collaborators in you know for the dummies um, publisher whatever they are called? Yeah. So. And here's the thing people have to understand. I have self-published a couple books. Um, love them. Easy to do. Self-publishing is the best thing in the whole wide world. I just go up on Amazon. I get money every month. It's great. Um, but they're not like a real book. And I always say that. People are like, you've already published books. Why are you so excited about this? And I'm like, because it seems like a real book. Like, it's from like a real publisher, and it's on like real book sales. It's not just, you know, something I wrote over a weekend. But 
I never really cared. In this industry, social media changes so much that, like, literally the moment you hit publish on a book, it's out of date, right? Like, things change that fast. And the only book I ever wanted to write, and I said this two years ago, I said the only book I ever want to write is a dummies book because of the fact that it's such a prestigious recognition of being in the dummy series. That that's something people genuinely respect. It's one thing to say you published a book, but being in the dummies kind of community has a different level of, of recognition. So I, I always said that, but you can't cold pitch a dummies publisher, author, editor. Like they only work on who they want to bring in. So you can't send them requests. You can't send them samples. They will not look at them. So I was like, well, this is never going to happen. I don't know nobody. So it turns out that my co-author, Eric, um, has actually written multiple dummies books. He does a lot of the tech side of things, like like Windows for, you know, uh, Windows for dummies or iPhone for dummies, like a lot of like the tech. They had reached out to him since he's a regular public or regular author for them and said, hey, we want to do an, an Instagram book. Do you want to do it? Do you know anybody you can co-author with? And so he has his friend, Corey, my other co-author, um, who's a social media manager. She runs an agency, and she's very good with Instagram. So he reached out to her, and she was like, of course. She's like, but we can't do it without Jen Herman. So on that note, they reached out to me, so it became the three of us. Um, so I'm entirely grateful to them because if, if it wasn't for the two of them, this would not have happened in my world. Um, but, you know, Wiley Publishers, who is the publisher behind uh, the Dummy series, they were ready to do an Instagram book. Um, it was a very, very arduous process. It was not something that was easy to do. It was absolutely exhausting. I wanted to quit multiple times. Um, working with not the co-authors, like they were great, um, but just the amount of, of reading and editing. I proofread every single word of these 289 pages because everything that my co-authors wrote, I read through from a my personal teaching perspective as well as a technical perspective to say is this accurate or not. And then it still went to their their proof editor for technical review. Um, but just like another thing, you've got editors involved and you've got, you know, these these technical editors involved. And then you've got the publisher that wants the marketing done and all of, like there's a lot of moving parts that go into this book, um, which now that it's published and now that it, it sits here on my shelf and it's beautiful and it's real, um, it was all worth it. But I will admit there were a couple times I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. I never want to look at this book again. So I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's published. It is the answer to every Instagram question you have. It is literally 289 pages. Like when I tell people I can talk about Instagram for six hours, I'm not lying because literally we wrote 289 pages about Instagram. So if you think Instagram is a pretty picture post and done, let me tell you there's 288 more pages of information you need to know. Um, so it, it is really in-depth. Any questions, the answer is in there. Um, and as Instagram evolves, um, you know, we will eventually at some point probably do a version 2.0 or some sort of a rewrite with additional content. Um, but for right now, it is it is relatively accurate. Uh, it published in January, so there might be a couple things that are a little bit off um, with new recent updates, but it's actually very, very accurate still, so we're proud of that. Awesome. Now, let's go into a bit into it, uh, with that because recently, of course, with, you know, with the whole algorithm change or whatever, Instagram recently are doing their own changes in some ways to where now, I don't know if this is true or not, but it seems as if it's it's like you have to have a business page now. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've but I've uh, basically created my own. I switched my my personal page on Instagram to a business page, 
you know, I guess just to be prepared for whatever changes is happening. So, and and their algorithm is very different. So, what can you say about that? First of all, anybody that's a business should be a business profile. No, you will not get punished. No, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's not Facebook. So eventually, yes, they're, they're, they are moving towards that shift between the difference between personal and business, just like there is on Facebook. There is no mandatory requirement like there is on Facebook. Like Facebook says, if you're going to run a profile as a business, you must be using a business page. You can't use your personal profile. That is actually in the terms and conditions outlined on Facebook. That is not in the terms and conditions on Instagram. But I highly recommend it because as a business profile, you do get a lot more. You get the analytics. You get the direct contact buttons, whether it's the email call or directions button. You get the ability to boost posts and write from your, your account. So you can, just like on Facebook, hit boost. And you don't have to run an ad to the business manager if you don't want to. You can boost right from your account. There's a lot of additional things that are little kind of nuances that are great advantages to having a business profile. But the analytics and those contact buttons are by far the two best reasons to have a business profile. And yes, they are rolling out more things to business profiles. Like, for example, in stories, if you're a business profile with over 10,000 followers, you get that swipe up button. So you can add any link to anything in the world on a story and send people directly to that link, not to click on the link in my bio and have to have that changed out or go to certain places. You can have a unique link on every single one of your stories. And that's only available to business pages with over 10,000 followers. So there's things that are evolving where it's becoming like, hey, if you want to use it successfully, you really need to be a business profile. Like that's just the direction it's moving. Um, but it, it does have significant advantages. You really should be doing it. There's no negative impact. It won't affect you from an algorithmic standpoint. Instagram knows that people are using hashtags, whether they're a personal account or a professional account, business account. They're still looking at hashtags the exact same way. You're not being punished as a business for using hashtags. And if you use it on your personal, you're not. It's the exact same impact. They're not dumb. They know what we're doing. They, they know how we're gaming the system. So there's, it's definitely advantageous. And as things continue to move forward, as API things change on the back end for third-party tools and additional things, it's going to be even more important to have that business profile to have all those additional features. If you want to use scheduling, then you have to be a business profile. They're taking a lot of scheduling functionality away from personal accounts using any third-party scheduling tool. There's a lot of changes coming, which I can't talk about because I'm not allowed to yet, but there are a lot of changes coming to those things on that backend API. Um, that people really, you know, if you want that functionality and you want to be able to use a lot of those tools, you're going to have to be a business profile. That's awesome. Which, which kind of leads in some sense to this next question. How important is this, it is to do research on a subject before writing a blog post? And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I would say extremely important. Um, I'm one of those people who, I, like I said, I'm very opinionated. If you ask my opinion, you're going to hear it. Now, that being said, if I don't have all the facts, A, I don't put it in print, and B, I don't say it on video without saying I don't have concrete evidence. And I'm very clear on video that my audio will be recorded in any way that this is not a proven fact. However, if it is a proven fact, I will write about it, I will talk about it, I will yell it from the mountaintop. But I do, like, when, especially with things like Instagram, a lot of changes come out. If anyone has heard about this new Instagram algorithm, go to at Jens underscore trends, go find the Stop the Madness post. 
because it ain't true. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But somebody wrote a blog post based on literally saying, rumor has it, I believe, I have heard, but literally not quoting a single source. Everything she referenced was a rumor or a thought. And she had no proof, no validation, nothing to back this up. And everybody took this damn article as gospel. I showed up and was like, oh, heck no. Like, this is not going down this way. Um, and Saval knows what I'm talking about because he was there when I did the rant. And it was a not safe for work rant. It was a very, very colorful language. Um, I was very passionate. But it, I did have to go out there. And I had everyone challenging me. This person who had never written an Instagram topic in her life was taken as gospel. Me, who's written, literally written the book on Instagram, was being challenged as to where I got my proof. And I was like, okay, here, 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 here. And I listed every place that I, like people that I know, sources that I use, where I get all this information. And I was like, now you want to question people's sources? So it is like if you're going to write something and you're going to put any sort of potential reality behind this content, you really do have to investigate. You really need to know your sources. Be able to quote your sources. Be able to say this is that person, not just be like, oh, I read it on, you know, some article from some of these sources that typically talk about Instagram. But you, I'm like, no, this was the article. This was the publication date. On this date, this article came out. Like, be able to have that proof. That goes for any topic, whether you're writing about, you know, if, if you're writing about dog food, research dog food. If you're writing about what, you know, different florist arrangements are, do your research. Like, don't put things out there on the Internet that aren't validated. It's so easy for us to fall into that, you know, kind of fake news cycle of just being like, oh, I heard this. I read this. It must be true. And you just keep manipulating that dialogue over and over again to the point where it becomes real. And it's not. And it's really frustrating for those people who are trying to get the right content out there. Definitely agree with you on that. So, and I did. So, of course, since you host your own uh, show, I give people who I give people who are broadcasters, podcasters, live streamers, or the former to ask me a question on the show. So I'm gonna allow you to ask me a question here on the show. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Okay. Um, why do you love Instagram so much? <laughs> I really, I guess I followed my intuition because I kind of had a feeling that I needed to be on Instagram. So that's what, so that's what I did. And, and of course I uh, bought my, so basically I started on Instagram like almost three years ago and, you know, and, and I like it because it allows me to show, like, kind of give, like, a visual storytelling of what's happening, you know, here in Houston, basically. Like, different spots around Houston, which I got into known, and I can share that. And also, like, have, like, a little, like, like kind of write some inspiration, inspirational messages there, too. And, of course, now I'm, not, and now I'm using it just, for, just as photos for my blog, business blog. Because that's that's the best way for me to do it. So that's why that's why I like uh, Instagram. Good, I love it. I always love to know why other people love it because I'm very vocal about the fact that I love the platform. So it's always nice to hear what other people have to say. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. So now, um, now three more questions. Uh, if you had the opportunity to spend one day with someone you admire, 
past or present. And I should rephrase this question a bit because you re- because last week you spoke on social media marketing world, and you hang out with a lot of people. So, <laughs> if you had the opportunity to spend one day with someone who you have never met at social media marketing world ever, but you admire, who would that person be? I'm I'm always the worst person to ask this question of because I'm so one of those people that like, if there's somebody I want to meet. I just make it happen. <laughs> and it is like, I tell people, like, even like you said, at social media marketing world, like, if I don't know you, I will find you. I will search you out. I will walk up to you and I will introduce myself. Um, so I don't know if, there's, if I could really say there's one person. I've been very fortunate, especially in this, in this space um, of social media, that I've met a lot of the really big names, a lot of the really great people that are out there. Um, so to be honest, I think if it was – I, and I, I don't really have a good answer because I, I believe in serendipity. And I believe that the right people come into your lives at the right time. Um, so I'm that person that, like, whether it's at a conference, whether it's on an airplane, whether it's, you know, out for dinner, I believe that we meet the people we're meant to meet at that time and place. And so I don't like to set unrealistic expectations and be like, oh, I really want to sit down with, like, Michelle Obama. Like, to say something like that is is so – like, it's not that I wouldn't love to meet somebody like that, but it's not necessarily realistic in my world. And I'd rather have the universe bring the things to me at the right time that I need to meet them. Um, and that's, I, that's why I can never pick that past person. There's, I've never been that person to, like, look at, at life that way. I kind of like life to happen the way it's meant to. Okay. So I don't have Fair it. enough. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, all right. So, where can people find out more about uh, about your your web your book, your books, and also your work? Everything is at jensprends.com, J-E-N-N-S-P-R-E-N-D-S.com. Uh, everything is there. Links to all my social profiles are there. Links to all my books are there. All my blog posts are there. My about page is there, talking about how I got started and all kind of my background. So. Everything you kind of want to know about me is right there. You can find me on Instagram, Instagram at Jens underscore trends. Um, and you can always hit me up, whether it's on social media, direct message, email. Let me know that you, you saw me here on, on this show. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, I'm always happy to help. Awesome. Well, Jen Herman, I want to say thank you for taking time on your busy schedule to be here and once a word. I'm truly honored. Uh, do you have any final words for our audience who are watching here? on Facebook Live, or who will be listening to the show uh, later on in the future. I just always tell people, when it comes to social media, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, have fun. Like, get away from this fear of, of putting personality out there. Get away from this fear that you have to please everybody. Be yourself. Be your genuine personality. If you are, like me, a loud, opinionated, outspoken, high-heel-wearing, straight-talking person, then be that person. If you're somebody who's a little more shy and a little bit more introverted and a little bit more quiet, that's okay. Embrace that personality. Don't force yourself into something else. And have fun. Like, let that personality shine through. Use the words that you would use. Use emojis. Use videos or written text in a way that makes social media fun because when it becomes a horrendous chore that you're terrified that you terrified of doing, you won't do it. So embrace social media in a way that is fun for you and you will have much more success. Awesome. Well, Jen Herman, again, thank you for joining me on What's the Word.
have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.